You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Your discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional, Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. To get rid of this mess I got some Senate bad guys on my mind First there is Josh Hawley He makes your skin go crawly Not exactly the most friendly kind Take it easy Take it easy Don't let the right's hypocrisy Make you crazy Light it up while you still can Tell McCarthy it has hit the fan Admit Pelosi is the better man And take it easy Greg Abbott's hoping for some order on the Mexican border And there's something he would like to see A machine gun toting sentry who's there Denying entry to a homeless shirtless refugee Come on high don't deny me the chance to show all of South Texas that I'm slimy. He could lose, but he might win, and then he'll always be back again. Remind him Biden still got in, so take it easy. Just like the Russia, Russia, Russia hugs. And all of the others, this has been going on for seven years, that they can't stop because it's election interference at the highest level. There's never been anything like what's happened 
I'm an innocent man. I'm an innocent person. In other words, whatever documents the president decides to take with him, he has the absolute right to take them. The handling of classified materials is a very serious matter. Now we're trying to make some sense of why there still is Mike Pence. His last supporter left him way behind. He's looking for another who he don't call mother. She's just a little hard to find. Take it easy, take it easy. Cause half the GOP has gone. That shit crazy. Come on, Jamie. Don't say maybe. I got a hope that your Charlotte is gonna save me. From the Freedom Toast and our friends at the Parody Project, a new take on Take It Easy. Uh, welcome to a Thursday or Friday Eve, as we like to call it around here. I'm Nicole Sandler, uh, and the actors are on strike. Yeah, so there was breaking news. Uh, SAG and AFTRA voted. They're on strike. They walked out. In fact, apparently at the big Oppenheimer premiere, which we're going to deal with on this show on Monday because Oppenheimer has to do with the you know the atomic bomb, and this movie is um, is uh, highly anticipated. Um, uh, some of the stars, the minute it was uh, the, that the vote was ratified, they left, they walked out. So uh, it's on. Uh, we're going to get more about that in just a moment because I've got a funny, of course, I've got a funny story to go along with that. Um, it, but in other news, the other breaking news from today is Jared testified before the January 6th grand jury. Oh, yes, Jared was on Capitol Hill testifying. <laughs> okay, so that happened. So, you know, knowing that this strike was probably going to be coming, I decided, I pulled up the um, the officers at SAG-AFTRA. Now, I'm an AFTRA member. But I'm not part of SAG. So AFTRA is the American Federation of Radio and Television Artists. Um, SAG is Screen Actors Guild. And years after I left Los Angeles, the two merged. Now, thankfully, I will have a pension from AFTRA because I'm vested. So it's the one thing that's keeping me going. But... um, I'm not a member of SAG, but so I, I and, and again, I'm not an active member of AFTRA either, um, but I, uh, I pulled up um, my list of, uh, well, my list, I pulled, I went online and pulled up the SAG-AFTRA Board of Governors or whoever, Executive Council, and there is a name on there, and I knew he was active in it, um, but an old friendly acquaintance of mine by the name of David Jolliffe. So David Jolliffe, I met 30 years ago through our mutual friend, Bill Moomy. Um, 
they, they, they had a band together. It was Bill Moomy, David Jolliffe, Miguel Ferrer, the late, great Miguel Ferrer. Um, and, and they became friends of mine. Um, and uh, <laughs> so... I reached out to Dave Jolliffe and, uh, uh, you know, um, we've been texting back and forth ever since. And so, you know, what what he said, um, uh, oh, I, I actually first messaged him on Twitter and then uh, we moved to text. So I yesterday I wrote, hey, Dave, it's Nicole. Um, can we schedule something talking about him coming on the show for next week? I said, I'm booked until Tuesday. Do you think that day might work for you? And he said, hey, Nicole, I and the world will know more about what our schedules will be in the next 24 hours. So let's look at schedules by the weekend. And I said, sounds good. I'll be here when you know more. Looking forward to talking. Thanks. And and he sent me a picture. So uh, he and some friends of his were out on the 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 the, the writers guild uh, picket line, so um, you know he's there with three women. The two right next to him on either side of him, I th- one of them I'm, I'm not sure who they are. They look familiar, but the one on the right, I believe that's Frances Farmer, right? I think that's her name. Wasn't she? She was married to Clint Eastwood at one time. Um, anyway, you know, I'm name dropping here. But David Jolliffe is the guy with a big white beard. And I'm and I'm like, I said, look at you, white bearded man. Um, and <laughs> so I sent him back a picture of of uh, that I found. So so David Jolliffe. Well, and, and then he sent me this other picture of of some other people. And for those of you who are only. Uh, you know, listening to an audio stream, you can't see the photographs. Um, around this table are a bunch of old guys. <laughs> They're old guys. But if you look closely, that's David Jolliffe on the right-hand side in the middle, the guy with the white beard, right? If you look straight back at the head of the table, that's Sean Cassidy. If you look to the left, the first guy with the dark, the only guy with dark hair, I'm sure it's natural. That's Steve Lukather. Uh, guitar player extraordinaire from Toto and others. And next to him is Bill Moomy. So he's like, uh, you know, your boys, right? Well, then I sent him a picture of a screen grab. Because, see, the thing is, you may know David Jolliffe if you're an old fart like I am. And if you think back to the very early 70s, there was a TV show called Room 222. Do you remember Room 222? Because um, I I do. I watched it as a kid. And David Jolliffe played Bernie. Now, you know, <laughs> what a great name for a character. But the, so you, you saw the picture of him with a, he looks like Santa Claus with a big white beard. Um, this was David Jolliffe back in, I think this was 1970, on Room 222. He was Bernie, the guy with the big red fro. So then I started looking, I started looking from, um, uh, yes, Michael Constantine was the principal. So I went looking for it to see if it's on, uh, you know, streaming anywhere. And it isn't. However, it's in um, Karen Valentine. Yeah, see, you guys remember, right? Um, it's on YouTube. So I found a scene. So so anyway, David Jolliffe is going to join us um, next week 
to to fill us in on what's happening with the strike. But but I just have to share this with you because it's so good. So I found I found um, there are a few episodes. There are a number of episodes uh, streaming on YouTube. But I got to play this scene for you because it's so funny. And um, you know, one episode that I watched had Kurt Russell in it as as a kid, a student. Um, but here, just uh, you, even if you're just if you're not seeing the video, you'll still get a kick out of this. Just know, okay? So th- they're at the high school, and and the thing that I didn't remember. Look, this show aired from 1969 to 73 or 74, and um, uh, so I was I was very young. But the um, I didn't remember that it was so cutting edge in terms of social um, social issues. So it was an integrated school and integration that was, you know, a big thing back then. And there were all these black characters. It was it was really cutting edge for the time. So they're in the school and there's a band. The school band is playing and it's a, a few of the black kids and David Jolliffe <laughs> is on guitar. See, he was in the general. He plays music. So um there was a teacher who I guess was, you know, was just uh, there for an episode. Um, the, the name of this episode was called Goodbye, Mr. Hip. I get that takeoff on the movie Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Remember that? Anyway, Mr. Hip was, you know, well, let me just play. <laughs> so the, the guy, the teacher is, I, I don't even know his name, but he later was on The Love Boat. Um, you saw all kinds of, of uh, people who went on to other roles on this show. Anyway, so check this. Check out this scene. I just have to play it because it's so funny. All right, here we go. So there's the band playing, and there's Bernie, David Jolliffe, and this teacher calls him over and starts frisking him. Frisking you for fun. I know all about you musicians. I used to play drum myself. <laughs> I don't smoke. Oh, come on. You can be straight with me. That's the cool part about chaperoning these gigs. <laughs> Anything I find, I can keep. <laughs> I bet you really do. Wow, you're really a groovy teacher. <laughs> I mean, you're the only teacher in school who's turned on and tuned in. <laughs> and he gives them the peace sign. And then he shrugs and goes back up One on stage. One more time. Oh my God! Now they're in the classroom. I guess it's the next day. They're in the classroom. That's one of the reasons the British were defeated. All right, I'm not. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But you can watch these things online. There was one. The one with Kurt Russell was all about. Again, this was 1969, 1970, and um, the the that Doc from the Love Boat. That's right. That Bernie Koppel. That's who it is. I couldn't. I couldn't place his name, but young, right? So he plays this teacher who was obsessed with the pot. Later on in the episode, Bernie, played by David Jolliffe, takes the the pencil sharpener off the wall and takes out the, you know, the pencil sharpening, uh, God, my brain's not working today, the, the you know, the, the, the shavings from the pencil sharpener and rolled it up like into a joint. And, and this girl said, what are you doing? He said, I'm making a marijuana cigarette for the teacher, his first marijuana, and he put it on the desk. Um, they were really cutting edge. So anyway, the, the the episode that I watched last night with Kurt Russell, who couldn't have been more than 15, 
There were two. The, the history lesson was about Paul Revere, and the Kurt Russell character was well, shavings. Thank you. Was all um, obsessed with Paul Revere. Well, somebody started doing these pranks around the school, um, calling attention to pollution, air pollution, and signing the notes that they'd leave at the scene of these pranks as Paul Revere. And so the teacher. The black guy whose name I'm drawing a blank on, um, you know, um, realized it was him and called him out on it. And and when Kurt Russell tried to explain why he was doing it, he's like, well, someone's got to talk about it. When I, you know, I used to fish in the local pond and I used to play with the frogs. And now all the frogs and all the fish are dead. We're polluting our air and our streams and our and all I could think is. How ahead of their time they were. Wow. Um, anyway, so I, I went, and I remember the, 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 uh, the, the themes, you know, we may not have, um, you know, it's been 50 years since this show was on, but the minute the theme music came on, I remembered it. See if you remember this. God, we're old, right? Here's, here's the, uh, the, the opening credits. Do you remember this? And the really cool part is James L. Brooks, the guy behind Mary Tyler Moore Show, behind um, uh, Taxi, behind so many, so much classic television. Um, yeah, so this guy, Lloyd Haynes, was the main teacher, right? And Michael Constantine. Oh, oh this woman, Denise Nicholas, I think was her name. Right, Denise Nicholas. I don't know whatever happened to her. Michael Constantine, who had the worst hair ever until Donald Trump came along, and then, and then, um, uh, what was her name? Uh, Karen Valentine. Right, the guy, the woman who uh, all the boys had a crush on. She she was the student teacher. Yeah, you, see, I started to tell you this yesterday before the news of the thing broke. Um, as I'm tuning out of the news, I'm exploring other things that are around there. Anyway, the show was really good. It was so it had a social conscience. It was um, right now that no, the teacher didn't have the convert. Oh, maybe the teacher did have the convertible. Yeah, they were paid back then. A teacher could support could support a family on. Um, you know, on their salary. Oh, that's right. And James L. Brooks did Cheers and The Simpsons and so many great shows. Um, and I get that must have been one of his first. Anyway, Kurt Russell. And so David Jolliffe. So you saw David Jolliffe with the big red fro. And again, this is David Jolliffe today. He's on the executive membership committee. Um Yes, Taxi was also, I believe, James L. Brooks. Um, but there he is looking like Santa Claus. Um, and, uh, yeah, and and he's just, he's a really, a really good guy. And he will join us one day next week. We'll have fun. Yes, the redheaded guy is who I'm talking about. I don't think he was in the movie Fame. What um, David Jolliffe has been doing ever since, I think, I think Room 222 was his only big TV gig. Um, he has gone on. He's He does a lot of voiceover work and a lot of um, commercials. 
So uh, anyway, that's uh, my friend Dave Jolliffe. I, I did text him a little while ago. Oh, it, it, he just texted me back. I wrote uh, here. I wrote, I read the news just now. Oh, boy. Now you're a striker. Let me know what day next week works best for you. I've got Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday open. Um, and then I said, if you're available for a quick phone or today at 2, we could do that too. But I'm booked for most of the hour. We could start the show with breaking news if you're available. And he just responded. And he said, let me get through this weekend. It's crazy here, spelled C-A-R-A-Z-Y. So um, I'm sure it is. Um, so they're on strike. I don't know what that means. Yeah, and his wife, uh, what's her name? Mary Ellen, I think it's Mary Ellen. She's one of the big voiceover agents in, in Hollywood. Anyway, so that's uh, that's that stuff. Uh, Hollywood's on strike. You know what this means, don't you? It means a lot more reality television. <laughs> or radio, come listen here. Come listen here. Um, all right, so that happened. So now the other breaking news, <laughs> other than the strike, and I saw Spocko in the chat room said something about um, the, that that uh, uh, it was good news. I, I don't know that a strike is good news, right? Yes, Kurt Russell was the computer who wore tennis shoes. You know I've met Kurt Russell. And one of these days I'll play my Kurt Russell bit for you again. Um, uh, what else? And John says they weren't ahead of the times. The Clean Water Act happened in October 1972. They were only current. Okay, but they were current. And they were dealing with a lot with what was then not, you know, was then just called pollution. And we didn't do anything. We didn't didn't do what we needed to do. No, not Mary Ellen from not necessarily the news. No, no, no. Okay, so what else is going on? There's other. So let me let me read to you the actual news story. Um, uh, SAG-AFTRA, the union representing 160,000 actors, is expected to go on strike. Well, they did today um, after the actors' union and Hollywood studios failed to reach a contract deal before the Wednesday midnight deadline. This this is from this morning. The story that I'm reading. But they voted this afternoon, and it's official. They are out. That's why Jolliffe said it's crazy there. Um, The studios, represented by the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, called in a federal mediator on Wednesday. But both sides reportedly remain far apart on issues ranging from residuals for hit shows on streaming services to rules for using artificial intelligence. See, this is going to be a big thing. I'll tell you, somebody else I should get on the show is, you know, look, I lived in L.A. for 15 years, so I know a lot of a lot of these people. Um, Somebody who I used to work with who uh, actually did mornings on um, a a station that I programmed for a while. Uh, His name is Andy Chanley. He's still on the air in Los Angeles on uh, on um, KCSN 88.5. Well, it turns out. You know, all the voice actor friends, all the voiceover people that I know are are really kind of freaked out about this artificial intelligence stuff. But Andy Chanley, I guess, decided to cash in. So for the last, for over a year, I guess, you know, he's under contract to them and he's been recording and recording like every word with every inflection possible. And he's going to be one of their standard AI voices. 
I'm going to have to invite Andy on the show one day to talk about this because it's a big thing. Um, anyway, the uh, let's see. The, apparently, both sides, the studios, they've remained far apart on issues. This will be the first actor strike since 2000. Their first strike against TV and movies since 1980. And the first time since 1960 that Hollywood actors and writers are on strike at the same time. Um, so, yeah, that's that's interesting. So now, you know, Disney is now uh, once again being run by Bob Iger. Bob Iger was the for, the chair of Disney who left, and it was under, I, I can't even remember the guy who replaced him, um, that things sort of went south under and, and the whole thing with DeSantis. And Bob Iger came back, and actually he just signed a contract extension, so he will be... Um, running Disney through, I think, 2026. Well, he sat for an interview on uh, CNBC today, and this is what he, you know, he, he was asked about the strike. We're in the midst of a writer's strike, and very likely it would seem to have a actor's strike. How is that going to impact things, and what are your expectations there? Well, I think it's very disturbing to me. I, you know, we've talked about uh, disruptive forces on this business and all the challenges that we're facing and the recovery from COVID, which is ongoing. It's not completely back. This is the worst time in the world to add to that disruption. Uh, I understand uh, any any labor organization's desire to um, work on the behalf behalf of its members to get you know the most compensation to be compensated fairly based on the value that they deliver. We managed as an industry to negotiate a very good deal with the Directors Guild that reflects the value that the directors contribute to this great business. We wanted to do the same thing with the writers, and we'd like to do the same thing with the actors. There's a level of expectation that they have that is just not realistic. Oh. And they are adding to a set of challenges that this business is already facing that is, quite frankly, very disruptive. So they're not being realistic? They're, they're, not they're not being realistic? Why not? I can't, I, can't, I can't answer that question. I, again, I respect their right and their desire to get as much as they possibly can in compensation for their people. I, and I completely respect that. I've been around long enough to understand that dynamic and to appreciate it. But you also have to be realistic about it, the business environment and what this business can deliver. It is and has been a great business for all of these people, and it will continue to be, even through disruptive times. But, uh, you know, being realistic is imperative What do you here. do in the interim, then? Does AI well, start to it, it write a lot the, of scripts? It will, have a, it will have a very, very damaging effect on the whole business. And unfortunately, the strike will. there's huge collateral damage in the industry to people who are, you know, who are support services. I could go on and on. It will affect the economy of, you know, different regions, even, because yeah. of just the size, sheer size of the business. It's a shame. It is really a shame. Well, it is We're a in shame. The midst of a writer's- oops, oops. It, it is a shame, but here's the thing. You know, I don't believe they're striking for the big stars who are who do make a lot of money. They're striking because the majority of actors really struggle to get by. The majority of them do not make a, a living. And I think they want to take care of everyone. But you know what? I'll leave it to David Jolliffe when he joins us, one, hopefully hopefully Tuesday of next week, um, to come on. And, and what he asked me is, like, can I bring some of my striking friends with me? I'm like, absolutely. We'll do it on Zoom. Bring whoever you want. So um, uh, I haven't spoken to David Jolliffe in probably close to 30 years. 
So uh, except for our exchanges over over text the last couple of days. Um, but I always re- he's, he's a great guy. So uh, we'll we'll get you know, we'll get an insider's um, account of what's going on. I have another story that that you know what maybe we'll share that's not related but it is but maybe maybe we'll wait until howie's here because um um howie klein is coming up in just a moment and i've been remiss the last couple of days i haven't i haven't spoken about our sponsors and i must so um howie klein will be along in just about two minutes but, but let me tell you two 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 sponsors that i want to deal with today one of them is num num I've told you about Nom Nom. It's a dog food. And you know how much I love my dog. Jackson is, is the love of my life. I, I'm saying it quietly because, you know, David won't appreciate. You know, I love David in a different way. Jackson's my baby. But Jackson used to, when we brought him home, he would spin. It, it, it would be dinner time and he'd spin and get so excited and he'd eat everything in sight. Well, now he's older. And he doesn't anymore. And there are diets that I actually spoon feed him to get him to eat. I bought him special food to um, um, so that he'll uh, um, that that's for finicky eaters. Uh, And he's still, you know, he's still not a good eater. He just he won't. Until we got the nom nom, he gets so excited again. So. so I'm I'm really happy. Plus, he's losing weight because he's eating good food. Um, so it, you know, Nom Nom is fresh food. They make uh, there's beef, chicken, pork, and I forget what the other one is. Maybe lamb. I'm not sure. But the different formulations. You you answer a little questionnaire about your dog, and they you know they work with you on telling you how much to feed and when and all that. And it's actually they have um uh, they have uh, um it's uh it's backed by veterinary science. You know I tried cooking Jackson's food myself for a while. I was making big batches of food. Problem is. I didn't know if he was getting the right number of vitamins and minerals in the right mixture. They take care of all that for you. And apparently it's delicious. And Jackson will tell you that. So um, Nom Nom, here's how it works. You go to trynom, T-R-Y-N-O-M dot com slash sent by Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and they'll tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. And you keep them in the freezer or refrigerator and you... You know, dole it out as need be. And um, by using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off your first order. It's a good way to give it a try and see if it's the right thing for you and your your doggy. And plus free shipping. And it's a great way to help support the show as well. Okay? All right. Um, so there's that. Uh, one more quick uh, timeout. We'll come back on the other side with Howie Klein next uh tomorrow i will tell you a little bit more about my next ketamine session because that's tomorrow morning but in addition to the ketamine i'm doing therapy with a therapist through better help so better help came on board as a sponsor and uh the timing was perfect because i just started 
in this cycle of depression. Um, and uh, so I started seeing the therapist, and then I started in with the ketamine therapy. And this therapist is working with me through it. Now, last Friday, I played for you some audio from the ketamine therapy I had last Friday, and um, or la- whatever, whatever day it was. I don't even remember anymore. But um, we had a really interesting session yesterday where she had some great insight into the things I was saying. So we decided that, in, you, you might remember, I was asking, what am I doing? Where am I going? What am I supposed to be doing? I don't know. I don't know. And so we decided that my intention for tomorrow is going to be, let it go. I'm not supposed to be doing anything. I'm supposed to be here. So I've, I've, I've in, the, in the maybe month and a half, maybe six weeks, I've been seeing this therapist through BetterHelp. We've we've gotten you know gotten a lot of work done. It's so hard to find a therapist these days. So you know, look, we all need a little help now and then. So if you do, check out BetterHelp.com/slash Nicole Sandler. Um, and if it's right for if you want to try it, you use that code. They'll give you ten percent off your first month, and then you then you uh, you know see um, BetterHelp.com/slash Nicole Sandler and. Uh, um, Look, we could all use a little help now and then. So uh, if you need help, ask for it. Um, it's nice that now there is, there is help available where before it was just uh, much more difficult to, to get it. It's still difficult, but this makes it easier. All right. Um, you ready for uh, a Dirty Debbie? Because I certainly am. Uh, let me push this button and push this button and push this button and do this. Are you a multinational corporation hungry for a treat? Well, come on down to Schmucky Chuckies, where you'll personally be seated by Chuck Schumer himself. So many dishes, and they're all fresh. You're going to love our Blue Dog special, the Dino Burger, because we say so. A good hamburger and french fries. And every burger comes with a side order of grits. I love grits. I love anything with corn. It's corn. All for only $50,000. Wash it all down with a dirty Debbie. Nine-tenths water, one-tenth oranges. After a week or two, you drink this, it's 200 calories and it's acetic. And wipe your mouth with a tissue print of Glass-Steagall. For dessert, try our DNC tarts. Little cookies. Tell the quality of that. Most restaurants give you a mint. But at Schmucky Chuckies, you get complimentary. Sweet and low. Who picks up the tab for all this? Find out now with Howie Klein of DownWithTyranny.com on The Nicole Sandler Show. Oh, hey, Howie Klein. Hi, Nicole. <clears throat> How you doing? I'm, do- I'm doing okay. How about you? I'm I'm good too. I'm I'm writing uh, now about this happens to me a lot. So I'm writing a, a story about immigration in in the general sense. Okay. And at the end of it, I wanted to um, you know find the right song to put in, like something that was really uh, that would really like sort of make people understand the immigrant experience a uh-huh. bit. So I found a song that was written right around the time I was born, same year, 1948, by Woody Guthrie. Oh. And when I, went to, when I went to get a copy of it on YouTube, I found versions by Joni Mitchell that I didn't know about, uh, Joan Baez, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, you know, I, 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 I mean, there were literally 40 v- different versions of it, and many by, like, very famous people. Like Which the ones song I just named. was it? Was it Deportes? 
Deportes, yes. Uh, and I could have told you they all did that. That's a great song. Oh my God, it's yeah. amazing. I mean, I, I, I decide, I, I'm not 100% sure yet, but so far I'm using the one by Dolly Parton. Oh, nice. Have you heard Dolly Parton's rock album? Is this a new album or yes. from the- So after she was nominated, you know, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and she she protests and she's like, I but I don't do rock and roll. I, you know what? That should go to people who do rock and roll. And then she was said, no. You know, people told her no. It's an honor. You deserve it. Do and she said, well, I guess I should do a rock album. And so this she did this album of mostly covers, and it's really it's really good. But the first single that they put out was a song called World on Fire. And unfortunately, I can't play it here. I'll get copyright violated. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to post the video along with today's show on at NicoleSandler.com so people can see it. It's so good. And it's, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pull up the lyrics because, you know, Dolly Parton is a giant in the world of country music and they're, yeah. they're pretty, you know, right-wing Republican. She minces no words at all. She takes on it's about climate change, and it's about Trump. It starts off, liar, liar, world on fire. Uh, what you going to do when it all burns down? And it rocks, and she, it's so good. It's so good. You know, I don't know if I ever told you this or not, but, but Dolly and I became friends for a while, many, many, many years ago. And we, um, you know, I, I did a cover story on her in a, in a sort of a glossy magazine, so not one of my regular punk things. Uh-huh. And, um, and the reason that, that her publicity person scheduled an interview with me, of all people, was because they felt that I, I, I sort of uh, traversed the two worlds. I, for one, I was, I was a country writer. I was, I was writing for the uh, country, music, uh, country uh, music magazine, and I was a board member of the Country Music Hall of Fame. So they trusted me on that level, and my main thing was writing about rock music, and the and they were trying to cross her over into the rock world or in the pop world. I shouldn't say rock, but into the pop world. So that was really what it was all about. They wanted me to help to help her cross over into the pop world. This was in probably I don't remember exactly, like maybe 1977, something like that. Wow. Yeah, but she so she's definitely had that uh, in her mind for a very very long time, and you know she's done stuff with other artists that you know were, were I mean she's definitely made a play for and have had and has had some hits, kind of in in pop music, and she be, she goes beyond any um, you know any specific genre. She's just Dolly Parton. Well, well people love her. Uh, who like all different kinds of music. Yeah. Well, I'm so impressed with her. First of all, she puts her money where, she, where her mouth is, and she's she's shown up in exactly the way she needs to. And so, you know, a lot of her songs are written by other people. She wrote this one. She has sole songwriting credit on the song. And listen to some of these lyrics. It, it starts with, you know, liar, liar, world's on fire. What you going to do when it all burns down? Fire, fire, burning higher. Still got time to turn it all around. And it, it's, it's a long song, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. But listen to this. Don't get me started on politics. Now, how are we to live in a world like this? Greedy politicians, present and past, they wouldn't know the truth if it bit them in the ass. Now, tell me, what is truth? 
Have we all lost sight of common decency or wrong and right? How do we heal this great divide? Do we care enough to try? Liar, liar, the world's on fire. What you going to do when it all burns down? Billy got a gun. Joey got a knife. Janie got a sign to carry in the fight. Marching in the streets with sticks and stones. Don't you ever believe words don't break bones? Um, it, it, just uh, I, I, I'll probably get uh, dinged for this, but oh, of course, it's, it wants to play a commercial. Uh, so I was going to play a little bit of it. And hold oh, on. Hear it. Okay, hold on one second. I'm going to play a few seconds of it and see what happens. Hey, everybody would like to hear it. Yeah. Here's just the the beginning of it, anyway. So there's a little bit of it. It is very good. Um, yeah. I, sure is. And wow, what a perfect song for you to use for that new project that you're oh, working on. Oh, without a doubt. Look, I have it in heavy rotation. You know, I have a test stream going, and it is one of the songs in heavy rotation right now. It's, oh, good. And yeah. wh- where, how do you find the test stream? Um, if you go to womenwhorock.com, there's a, there's a link there so you can listen. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Womenwhorock.com. Yep. And that's where I didn't even know about that. Yeah, because I, mean, I knew you were you were putting it together. Because, I didn't know you had it up already. But it isn't. It's you know, it's it's just it's there's just a one page saying coming soon, basically. And here's a link if you want to hear the 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 music uh, as we're putting it together in progress. There's no jocks yet. There's no you know the imaging isn't done yet. We're still tweaking the music mix. We're also putting together a whole podcast network and a whole section on the website once we build it that's going to be for you know um community and for um uh for um networking and mentoring and stuff so uh, we're we're aiming very high (laughs) and we're moving slowly unfortunately but it'll be it'll be cool i think and is it is the music that you're going to play is it going across genres all genres it's all genres and when we say women who rock it doesn't mean just rock. I mean, there's, um, you'll hear, you may hear Bessie Smith on there or Billie Holiday. You'll hear. Um, they rock. They do rock. You'll hear Joni Mitchell. You'll hear, um, name a female artist. You'll probably hear her. Great. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of R&B, a lot of, you know, a little bit of everything. So that's also. I'm sorry. That probably includes, um Female artists who fronted bands that weren't all female, yes, right? Absolutely. Yes. So like the Slits, for example. Yes, and I don't have any songs by the Slits, so if you recommend a couple, I'll I'll put them in. Okay. Yeah. I will. You I'll know, definitely do that. And it's cool, you know, the Breeders just have came out with a they just released an old song that had never been released before. So there it's 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 very cool. Of course I'm I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not. Yeah. Because Tanya told me this. And I think I think it was in confidence, so don't tell anybody. Okay. But um, 
Belly and the Breeders are going to do a tour yeah. uh, very soon. Really? And um, you know, she, since she's in both bands, she's going to be working all night. But uh, she had she had called me the other day to ask me to to be on a um, I could do an interview with someone who's doing a, a big piece on her. Oh wow! So, I, so Tanya Donnelly, she invited right? Me to come to. Uh, to see her play here in Los Angeles. Nice. Well, I'd love for you to introduce me to her because I'd love to have her on. So I'm, you know, I'm amassing some interviews for this. So I, I recorded with um, Melissa Etheridge a few weeks ago, and I did a thing with Judith Owen, and you know, trying to get some in the can. Look, we I thought we'd have already been launched by now. Uh, so I actually played the Melissa Etheridge interview on the show because it's 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 already a couple of months old, um, but yeah, I, w- w- that's what I I want to talk to all these people. So yeah. do you remember the, um, this band that I had on my indie label four one five called the Mutants? No. So so they had two women singers and and, and also a male singer. So it was uh-huh. three three vocalists and. Um, and Sally Mutant is still a friend of mine, and I'd be happy to put her in touch with you. But uh, a movie about uh, their movie just came out, and they have a new record coming out as well. I mean, a new record of old stuff. But Sally is very, very, um, uh, you know, she's re- she's really, really good to talk to. She's got oh, a, she's cool. a warm person with a lot of great memories, and I would definitely recommend her. Would love to. They, uh, yeah, she she she, she did this. Uh, I, I interviewed her. Uh, I don't, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember what the reason was, but she told me this great story about how many, many years later she was living in New York and she worked as, as a receptionist in a high-end brothel. Oh, and it, and the brothel yeah. was, was just, it was just, I, I think it was just for like Hasidic uh, clients. Uh-huh. So uh, yeah, and that and that must have been what what the interview was about. I was oh, writing wow. some stuff about uh, Hasidics and what their habits were, and she. So we talked about that a lot. But she's really fun and really funny and very 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 intelligent. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah, and really good songs, and you know that that you could play as well. Cool. You know what? I'm I'm really having fun building this library and pulling out songs that you know that may have been uh, had a moment and he hadn't heard it in a while. So I just pulled up the stream and what's playing right now. Is is the one song from this artist who should have done more? Um, do you remember Tanita Tickerum? Oh my God, I, I very much remember her. That song "Sobriety" is Twist, incredible. Twist in my sobriety. It's playing right yes. now. Right I now. love her. I love her. Right. That's it's an amazing song. And like David, my husband had never heard it before. He's like, "What is this song?" I'm like, That's "Well, no, David is not alone. I mean, no right. one knows that song. I know." But so it's playing. And then you know the label Olivia? No. This was a label that was um, run by uh, lesbians out of Oakland, and I, I, all of the all of the artists were women. Uh, they weren't all lesbians, but but it was just a woman's label, and uh-huh. they had some incredibly good stuff. So you should definitely Google Olivia Records I and, will. and find their stuff. I definitely will. Olivia Records. Okay. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I've got one category that's just like wide. So anything can be in there. Um, and, and of course, now I'm, I'm drawing a blank because I'm trying to think of what's there. You know, it, it, it segued, believe it or not, from Tanita Tickerum into Miley Cyrus whose new album happens to be really good. Um, I never, in a million years, if you had asked me 10 years ago, would you ever play Miley Cyrus music on the radio? Hell no. 
her new record is she's grown up. And, you know, she's Dolly Parton's goddaughter. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yep. How fantastic. Yeah. So good for her. She's come into her own and she's like, you know, uh, growing into the music. So it's it's everything. It's I'm Diana Krall. You know that um, Somebody to Love wasn't first done by Grace Slick. Uh, I did not know that. Who? Why? Who oh did? Oh, my God. You've got to uh, get that one. I'm trying to remember the woman's name, but there was the Jefferson Airplane had a singer before Grace Slick. I I don't remember her name, but it's, you know, easily available on just Google, you know, Wikipedia, (laughs) Jefferson Airplane. Uh, Oh, uh, Signe, Signe, I think Signe Anderson. That's it. Wow. The the mind works very slowly, but (laughs) eventually comes to my rescue. pull things out of those recesses, all those creases in the brain. You pull things out like that. Well, it was 1965, I think. But her version is absolutely phenomenal. And I'm sure that most of your uh, listeners won't know what it is. And it's very, very much worth playing because she's really, really good. It's it's not just a novelty. She wrote the song and she did, did a really good job on it. Um, uh, good. Oh, I will look for that. See, those kind of songs, I think, are going to wait until we have jocks, until we have people who can explain what it is. Right now, it's it's the mix. And then I also have other categories that are building that are going to be songs for flavor that people can put in that that can talk about them. So you can hear, you know, so know a little bit more about him. Yes, Joan Armitrading is in there. I'm looking at the oh, I love room. her so much. Tasman <laughs> Archer. She did a song yep. about ladders that was really good. I, I, I have like an old interview that I did with her, uh, you know, I don't know, 30 some odd years ago or more. Uh-huh. Oh, with, with uh, Joan Armitrading? Um, yeah. Me too. I interviewed her once at KSCA. Well, I have a live version. She did Shapes and Sizes and I think Love and Affection. On the oh, air I remember that one, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, show wonderful. some emotion. Oh, I love Joan Armour training. So she's in there. Look, I'm looking in the um, in the chat room and people sing Patty Smith. Of course, Patty Smith. In uh, fact, yes. <laughs> um, I don't know if you remember Anita Gevinson. Now, Anita did mornings when I when I moved into moved out of mornings at KSCA. She came in and did mornings. Um, and I invited her to be part of this. She said, yeah, but all I, I want to do a Patty Smith show. I said, okay. She wants to do a show just like uh, specializing in Patti Smith. It's like, fine, that you're on. So when, well, we, when she wants to do that, she probably knows that Patti both wrote songs and performed with the Blue Oyster Cult. Wow. See that? She I, was, yeah, she, she was together with uh, one, of, one of them, uh, Alan Lanier. She was, uh, uh-huh. and... She had sort of had like a thing even before that with Sandy Perlman who put them, but huh. kind of put the band together. Right, right. You know, it's funny. So, so Karina just mentioned Katie Tunstall is touring clubs in the U.S. Not only is she touring clubs, she's got a new record out with Susie Quattro. Do you remember Susie Quattro? Of course I do. So they're doing like this cross-generational thing, Susie Quattro and Katie Tunstall. I'm trying to get an interview with them. I've been going back and forth with Katie's manager. So, you know, this is what I'm working on when I'm not doing this because I honestly, Howie, and the listeners know this, I have And been, I know it too. <laughs> and you know it too. I'm so disgusted with politics. I'm so disgusted with the way things are going that uh, honestly, when I'm not on doing my show, I, I've really turned off the news. I mean, I, I pay attention enough so I know what's happening, but I can't immerse myself in it anymore because it fucks with my head. Sure. So I've also been doing 
ketamine therapy. What? Tell me about that. What is that? It ketamine is a is a drug. I, I remember what ketamine is, but I don't know. I mean, yes, but explain so, it, of course, so, for you people know, who don't a, know. There's but an ketamine organ- therapy. I can't imagine. So, so there's an there's been. I've followed this for a few years. That there's been breakthroughs in treating depression, PTSD, and uh, similar mental health issues with psychedelics. So they do it with psilocybin. They do it with MDMA, but the one that got FDA approval is ketamine. And so there's an, what the FDA approved drug is, it's called Spravato and it's a nasal spray. Um, but you can also get ketamine infusions and basically it, they don't know how it works, but that it does, that, that the synapses in your brain that come disconnected, it helps connect them again. And so you go in. I've been going in twice a week for about four weeks now, and if and people have noticed that I'm a bit lighter, um, and uh, uh, it, it you know I, and and some people talk about their experiences and talk about the you know the the disassociative feelings they have like an out of body experience or something or they talk to a dead relative. I haven't had any of that. What I have had are very trippy experiences and. What I'm seeing are, you know, visions of everything coming together, pieces like 3D puzzle and building. Um, it's it's so hard to articulate what happens in a trip, but that's basically what it is. And you come out of it just feeling better. It's it's a whole new thing. There's an organization called MAPS, and don't ask me what MAPS, what the acronym stands for, but they just had the psychedelic conference in Denver about two weeks ago that with thousands of attendees, like the biggest event, bigger than like the AMA convention. And um, uh, (laughs) Melissa Etheridge is very involved in this. She spoke there. She has a, she's involved with this. And we talked about it on the interview I did with her. It is a whole new area that people are really getting into because they're getting great results with psychedelics to treat depression and and PTSD. How important is the therapist as opposed to the drug? It it is. Um, Now, the the group I'm working with, and I'm going to have the owner on the show probably next week to talk about this, and I'm going to help him launch his own podcast. So um, they are, you know, they're working on putting, get, he said it's so hard to find, you know, therapists. Right now I've been working with a therapist through this BetterHelp app, who's an advertiser on the show. They just came along at the right time. It's like synergy, things happening when they should. So I've been working with her and talking through my session. So I brought a tape recorder in one day last week, and I made the decision to um, try to verbalize what was what I was going through. And I played some of it on the show last Friday. So people heard it. I was like, uh, uh, and I'm saying, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And and it. I mean, it was very funny to listen to, but I played it for the therapist yesterday, and she said, it's fascinating. What we got out of it is that I want, I, I always feel like I need to do something to, you know, to, to make things work, to better my, you know, that, that, I've, that I have to always be doing something. And in this case, what I need to do is just let it be. Just 
just be open and let you know let the medicine take me where it needs to take me but that i don't necess- that i'm not supposed to be doing anything and i have a hard time sort of letting go and and giving up a little bit of the control and in this case i need to do that that was just one tiny bit of it but um, it is important. They talk. They don't talk about therapy. They talk about integration. And if you go online, you know this is this is happening all over the world. So I found some some groups that do um, integration circles online. One place does it once a month. One place does it every week. And you can it's a Zoom thing. And the first one I did, there was a guy from Chile on there. This um, clinic was in Montreal, there were people from all over the world who have done different kind of uh, psychedelics to to ease their anxiety and depression and, and PTSD. So you're supposed to go in with an intention and then let it go and not, you know, just let it, let it take you where it goes. And then once you're done, do some integration. So journal about it. Um, my whole thing is I don't, I'm, I'm not having these breakthroughs during the treatment where I'm working on the problems I'm having. Like one of the things I really want to work on is my anger issues because I get really, you know, if I lose control of something or or something is out of my control, I get really angry and I lose my temper. And if, it, if anybody follows me on Twitter, you can see it because I'll lash out. I can get really, <laughs> really angry and I, re- I want to get a handle on that. And that, and of course, the depression, which at times has been debilitating in my life. Um, and, uh, you know, and so I haven't dealt with the specific issues in my, during the journeys, as they call them, trips. Um, but I, my demeanor is so much lighter. I feel better. Before I started this, I had gone uh, in, into another spiral. I don't know if, you, you know, I suffer from depression. And I had a couple of weeks where I just, I, I was not functioning well. I, and so I wanted to, I needed to do something drastic. And I started doing this. And already I can tell it's having a very positive effect. So I go back in again tomorrow. And I'm not doing this bravado anymore. I'm doing the the infusions. So it's a hell of a lot more powerful. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what's the, what's the role of, I'll say, therapist? The therapist is to integrate. Like, things come up. So, for instance, after the first couple of sessions... Um, you know, I, I, I actually, people might remember, the, remember a couple of weeks ago, I told you I wasn't feeling well and I took the Thursday off that, of that week I couldn't stop crying. All my emotions were coming to the surface and I'm, t- I just, anything, I, I spent a week in bed crying because everything came to, and I couldn't do a show. I just couldn't. And then. And then it broke. And so it's working through the emotions and the things that come up. So uh, that come up while you're there at uh, both, physically? Both physically. And I haven't had during, uh, honestly, during my infusions, I'm just, it's a, <laughs> I should send you the audio of that one session. It's a lot of, wow, wow, wow. And then there was one point, my hands, my hands are here. I see my hands. They're going up, <laughs> up, up. I mean, it's it's when you listen to it on that level, it's really funny. What the therapist got out of that is she saw she saw because there was this structure being built and all these pieces coming together 
that needed to fit together. And she saw me like climbing. That's that's what she got out of listening. And when I saw the top of my hand, she said, that's where I see you going over the wall and coming back down on the other side. It It's, I can't explain it. And the reason I wanted to record it is because I remember so little of it afterwards. But wow. I just know I feel good. It's, a, it's Yeah, a, I mean, I, I <clears throat> most of the, I, I used to take acid. Yeah. Uh, much younger, and I also, you know, it was wonderful experience all the time. I always loved it, but I, I was never, uh, I didn't usually remember too much of the specifics. Sometimes I did remember some of it, but mostly not. Right, and and I, I did a little bit of acid when I was in college, not a whole lot. What I remember most from tripping in college was, um, here's my tripping experience in college, the album Yes Songs which, you know, is the trifold album cover with the artwork by, I forget the name of the artist, and it would move with the music. I was a big Yes fan. And watching the movie that opened up and watching, you know, the popcorn ceilings would dance around. This doesn't happen. That doesn't happen on the ketamine. What's happening, what I'm seeing on the ketamine, and each time it's a little different, is pieces coming together. And all I can think is that because my subconscious has heard that, um, uh, you know, this helps connect the synapses that have disconnected. It it helps make those connections in your brain. That's the visualization I keep getting are, are of like a 3D puzzle and the pieces coming together. When they come together, they sort of then 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 morph into one piece Um and, uh, you know, there's music you listen to. So Johns Hopkins University uh, put together an hour-long uh, soundtrack for ketamine therapy. And so the last time I'm listening to it and the structure is being built and it all comes together. And just as the music ended, everything came together and all of a sudden I'm back in the chair and I'm back in the, sa- in the, in the office and it's like, Wow. Okay, I'm back. It's wild. It's just the mind does amazing things. Um, and this is all new science. It's, it's just all now, you know, finally being, um, uh, you know, recognized as legitimate. Where, and, and because for years I've heard about uh, psychedelics helping like Vietnam veterans with PTSD. Well, now it's, it's becoming accepted. So and being FDA approved. So it's it's uh, amazing. It's fascinating, fascinating. And so I tried it and it's like, yes, it's great. It's really I, I, I know it's working because again, because, I, I, you know, during covid, I, I took this. I had a really bad uh, depressive episode after Trump got elected. I got really, <laughs> I want- really depressed. I mean, so much i somehow managed to get through the show but howie you know me i just talk back then i had to script out every word i would i would shake i i i just i was so anxious and i was so depressed i don't know how i got through that time if you go back and listen to those shows it's it's painful um and i started this tms therapy which is transmagnetic stimulation and it's they it's like a magnet that like an MRI magnet and it taps on a, they do an MRI to figure out where on your brain they need to 
send these magnetic signals. And the thing is, and it worked. It helped me for a couple of years. I was fine. I had no depressive episodes, but it was very nuanced. It was very, um, I didn't even realize it was working until a couple of months into it. And I'm like, wow, I haven't, I haven't had a depressive episode since. So I realized it worked. But this time I fell into this depression and I knew I needed to do something that was going to be more fast acting. There are some people who go in, they do one session and they have a profound experience and they're like, their life changes. That didn't happen to me, but everybody I know says, I can, I can see a difference in you and I feel it. So it's very interesting. So before we go, yes. I just want to ask you um, about going back to women. Uh, wi- women who rock? Women's- yeah, yeah, women who rock. Okay. So, so because I'm going to put together a, a bunch for you, but I don't want to uh, put things together that you already have. Okay. And I'm guessing that most of them you already have. Okay. Uh, okay. So, but some of them I'm sure you don't. All right. So the first thing that uh, came into my mind when we were talking, when, we, when I stopped talking about that, was a song by the Au Pairs. You know the Au Pairs? I do not. They are so great. They are un- I can't tell you how fa- how amazing that band is. Uh-huh. So it's, a, it's I think they're all women in the band, but if it's not all women, they may have one guy, but I think it's basically an all women's band. And the song Armagh, which is about a prison in Ireland, which is where they're from. Uh-huh. Oh man, is that song amazing. Okay. I mean, I, I played that so much on the radio, I can't tell you. But I'll, so I'll, I'll, that'll be one of the ones I'll include. Cool. But other, others... Uh, like we talked about the slits. What about the contractions? No, I don't even know them. Right. So that was a band that that I helped put a record out for in San Francisco. Okay. X-Ray Specs, I'm sure you know, right? Yes, yes. But I, I don't have any of their music, but I do. Gonna, I, I remember them. I'm going to send all that to you. Okay. Uh, the Mutants I told you about. Yes. What about Kleenex? No. I think they're from Switzerland. Huh. Uh, the Avengers, you probably know, right? I do not. God. They were the opening band for the Sex Pistols in San Francisco, but oh, they were wow. a great Bay Area band okay. in the late 60s. Penelope Houston was the, was, uh-huh. the, was the singer. She's still around. If you love her stuff, and I think you will, and you want to interview her, ask me, and I'll help you. Uh, X, you, I'm sure you know X. Of course. But now, see, here's the thing with X. So it's, it's Xene, but it's also John Doe. So I have, yes. I have a... Um, uh, a category again. This is going to be for when we have live jocks. That's my testosterone category because sometimes you need a little <laughs> testosterone. So, so think bands like X, where it is, you know, it's not only Xene, but it's it's John Doe as well, and it, it, you need both of them. And the male voice is also prominent, so they yeah. will be in a special category that they are not in the mix now, but they will be. Right, so so yes, great because I know a lot of band, like the mutants are like that as well. Uh-huh. By the way, okay. But anyway, let me let me. Uh, I, I jotted these down. Okay. Uh, so so just to tell me if, if you want me to include them or not when I put this package together. Okay. The bags. I don't know the bags. Uh, L seven. I have L seven in the mix. Okay. Uh, Babes in Toyland. No. The muffs. The muffs. I remember the muffs, but I don't have any of their music. No. Well, they were on reprise. We, we oh. signed them. Uh, Nina Hagen. I don't have any Nina Hagen. I forgot about her. Wow. Yeah. Hagen stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, Lena Lovich. Lena Lovich. Lena Lovich. I don't have anything e- either. See, you're, you're uh-huh. bringing up some uh, a lot from my college days that I'm remembering. There- I'm glad you're remembering them. And uh-huh. Cocteau Twins. Cocteau Twins, too. Nope. So amazing. So uh-huh. great. I mean, they, she, they have... 
I mean, they have such a... In fact, one of their songs that I really love is a cover song of a Tim Buckley, a, a Tim Buckley song from, you know, the middle 60s. Uh-huh. And, and the Cocteau Twins version is just so unbelievable, but I'll, I'll send you that. Cool. Great. Oh, I'm excited. Um, and you know, you know what? how much you, I love music. Yes, so, and yes. you know what? I'm going to have to bring you on. You know, it, look, we are, it's Women Who Rock, it, radio of, by, and for women, and all who love us. We're not excluding I men. Like, we love us part. <laughs> right, exactly. So you'll come on with me. Maybe we'll do a, you know, a, an occasional show where you get to bring all these great female artists and, and on. Just like we did uh, and uh, here KSCA, in LA. yeah, all those years ago, absolutely. Except with four non-blondes, of course. You know, yes, they're in there. I'm looking at the the, the chat room, so people are making you know suggestions in there. Um, we've got about a thousand songs in there right now, um, but yeah, it could be a lot bigger. And it, it, so it's you know I'm having fun doing it, and I have the test stream up so that. You know, when I listen to it, mostly like in the shower, and it's, and it's you know, hearing the songs in rotation, and once in a while, there's one in there, it's like, no, I got to pull it out. Honestly, I had Marlena Dietrich, uh, La Vie and Rose, and it just didn't work. So I pulled it out, but I'm going to leave it in that X category that it's there if anybody wants to play it. It just didn't work in regular rotation. But this is what I mean when I say it's everything. Danielle Dax? No. Wendy and Lisa. I don't have Wendy and Lisa in there either, but I should. Okay. Daniel Dax, we, she was a, I signed her. Okay. <laughs> she was great. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot, you know, flying lizards. Yes, I have money <laughs> in there. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, it, this is, see, this brings joy to me. So music is it, good for my psyche and, and. Uh, so this it's exciting for me. So I'm, so I'm I'm glad you're excited about it. I'm going to bring you on. We're going to we're going to do some shows together. I am step already looking forward to it. Cool. All right. Well, it's a date. We didn't talk any politics today, and you know what? That's okay. I was just going to say we should um, have have a commemoration of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, and you know, look, I I've been yesterday. I had on. Um, the founder and president of PETA, uh, who I had never met before, lovely woman, who decided... Oh, a woman, okay. She's a woman. Her name is Ingrid uh, something, Ingrid um, Newkirk. And what she did is she basically tried to figure, she wanted to make sure that her activism lives on after she's gone. So she came up with a new will and has bequeathed her body parts... To all kinds of people, like my favorite one was a piece of her spine is going to Donald Trump Jr. Uh, because of, uh, you know, his propensity to kill innocent animals and stuff. Um, it, it's really good. I'll, I'll send you the press release on it. it. You might even want to write about it down with Tyrion. It's very cool. It's very good because I know you're a vegan. Um, and so, you know, I'm trying to do other things that are not only politics because the world is more than politics. And yes, it's really important that we, Donald Trump does not get back in office. But my God, I, I think a big part of my depression is being so hyper focused on politics and news. You can't. I can't. I, I don't. My mind can't take it anymore. Yeah. Well, I, so I was going to say uh, maybe we could <laughs> we could do a. Uh, um 
uh, a, a special on uh, women who rock in politics. That would be great. Oh, I would love to. Let's do it. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I thought you were going to say no, never. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Because the, the act, look, I love the, the Dolly Parton song. So, um, you know, and I'm good for her for being political. Look, Taylor Swift is now being political. I think it's great. I think it's great when artists use their 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 exposure to get a message ap- uh, across, as long as their message is the right message. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you and and I want to throw out another name, but I think you might have already mentioned her. her. Yeah. But I also have interviews from back in the day. I don't know if she's still around. Linda Tillery. I don't know Linda Tillery. Great. All right. Well, I think if I remember correctly, again, this is, goes way, way back. She was a an African American lesbian, and had a beautiful, beautiful voice, and and put out uh, at least one album, but maybe more. Wow, cool. You know, have you seen that um, Tracy Chapman's "Fast Car" is now a big country hit? And there's a controversy because Tracy Chapman is a queer black woman. She's the first black woman to have a number one hit writing credit. On country radio. Wow. Yeah. It's I think Toby Keith or one I don't know country music at all, but one of those uh, one of those people um, uh, it, it covered Fast Car and it's blowing up a country country music. And Tracy Chapman owns a hundred percent of her publishing, so she's she's you know, getting a nice payday out of this too. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, all right, I gotta go because actually we I'm not. Uh, my my equipment that allows me to broadcast live on Progressive Voices is broken and in the shop. So the show's tape delayed. It goes on there at 7 o'clock. So I now need to edit this because we've run long and and upload it so it can air there at 7. So, uh, so I got to run. I, normally, I just go on overtime and I don't care how long we go. But today, uh, but until I get this piece of equipment back, I got I to gotta get out and do it. No, it wasn't Toby Keith. It was somebody else. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you, Howie Klein, and I'll look forward to that package, and we'll talk next week. All right. Bye. Bye. And tomorrow, Digby's going to be here. So tomorrow, I have another ketamine infusion in the morning and in the afternoon, Digby. So uh, we got that to look forward to. Thanks, everybody. Um, Thanks for – I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. All right. I'll see you tomorrow, and um, rock on. Bye.